Yep, testing, testing, testing. Yep, 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 Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Listeners to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your co-hosts, Wendy. Joined as always by <laughs> Melissa. I'm just noticing we're in like an echo chamber in this room. We kind of, it is. Oh my god. Once once we raised our voice, it's like we're we're in an opera hall, everybody. Um, or, or a very large bathroom. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Weird Al recorded his first track in his bathroom, so. Oh, good for Yeah, good for him. Yeah, so, you know, sure we're you in know. good company. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, listeners, the reason why, number one, you might be able to tell we are actually co-locational. Yes, we're in the same room. It's exciting. And um, you might also be like, well, what room are they in that they don't know what it would sound like? That is because... We are currently ensconced in London, specifically Holland Park, specifically Holland Park, right on the border of Notting Hill. Yes, that Notting Hill, the one with Hugh Grant and uh, Julia Roberts. Uh, Which is is a very cute movie. I only saw it for the first time a few weeks ago. Oh, it's one of the best rom-coms ever made. It is very charming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's Hugh Grant doing his Hugh Grant thing at at the peak of his Hugh Grant powers. So we're like living in the neighborhood of Hugh Grant, and that's just kind of the best way to describe what this area of London is like. It's very British. It's very British. It's very, very British. Little row houses uh, painted delightful colors. And um, hedges. There's hedges. There's absolutely no front garden. Mm-hmm. So our the house that we're staying in is just right on the sidewalk, and the sidewalk is right on the street. So, mm-hmm. um, so there might be some uh, background noise. Yes. Uh, we heard an angle grinder go off at 2 a.m. Yes, that was... Uh, this morning? Yeah, that was somebody stealing a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That so, was ex- very exciting. Yeah, life in the city. What, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> which, like... Jessica, we're staying with Jessica and Cargill, and friends of the show. And uh, Jessica was like, "But this is a good neighborhood." And and Cargill quite rightly was like, "I mean, it's London. There's no place so good that that ain't gonna happen, right?" Yeah, because it's a big right. city. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we uh, we're here visiting the Cargills because Cargill is in London shooting his next movie. Yes, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So we we had separate travel plans and we have converged this week upon the household, the temporary household of Jessica and Cargill. And Whiskey. And Whiskey, the dog, uh, who is very sweet, very big. So and if you've been paying attention to movies at all, you will have, you will know the, the movie's already been announced. It's not like it's a secret. Yeah, so 
Cargill being C. Robert Cargill, our friend who uh, has previously worked as a writer on Doctor Strange, the first one, uh, Sinister, Black Phone, and uh, on all of those movies, he mm -hmm. worked with Scott Derrickson. And their next movie is called The Gorge. Now, the script is not by Cargill. Cargill's a producer instead. And uh, he's one of the writers. He, but like it, Scott, he's like the polisher, I think. Or, um, like he's he's original, one of the writers. The yeah. original script was written by someone else. Yeah. Um, the writing credits have yet to be determined, but both Scott and Eric and Cargill wrote on it as well because they always do. Yeah. That is so common that directors take it. Yep. Uh, take a hand at, like, I'd like to make it more my own film. Right. So, um, like, here, let me read you the press release. Apple Original Films. I don't even know if it's truly Apple Original Films anymore, but I heard it has picked up... I, I think it is, because I've heard Cargill talk about that. So I do believe it's Apple money. <laughs> um, so IMDb, here. Here's what IMDb has. Uh, Two very dangerous young people who, despite the corrupt and lethal world they operate in, find a soulmate in each other. That is very vague, especially given what we know about the film. <laughs> uh, director, Scott Derrickson. Writer, Zach Dean. So that is the original writer. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then starring, of course, Anya Taylor-Joy and Miles Teller. And Sigourney Weaver taking a small role has just been announced. Yes. So, yes. That, so is, that is the film that they are currently working on. And we were lucky enough. Cargo was like, would you like to come out to set? And we got to go. And, and we said yes. And so, yes, we spent a day at the set this week. It was lovely. It was really fun. Um, I it, It's okay. If you've never been on a movie set before, like, like an actual larger budget movie set, it is actually kind of a tedious experience if, you're, oh, if oh. you don't know what you're expecting because it takes forever to you have to set up the lights you have to you know set up hair and makeup and all the setups take forever and then you know get the right lenses on the camera and then you shoot the same usually you shoot the same scene over and over and over again from different angles get different lenses on the cameras you try a couple things with the actors so it it's a slow going process but, it, um, well, you and I but, both yeah. have theater backgrounds. Yeah, so and, we know this stuff. Yeah. Uh, what it feels like is being constantly in rehearsal. Yeah. And never actually getting to perform. Because, yeah. like, from my theater background, it's like, cool, cool. When do, when do you get to go? But the tedium of rehearsal, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, the tedium of a tech rehearsal in particular. Yes, yes. Right? Like, that first tech walkthrough combined with the actors, and it's mm -hmm. just like, wee, this is fun. <laughs> or is the line from, um, from Noises Off, ooh, I just love a good all-night technical. <laughs> Don't you, my love? And the answer is, no, uh, <laughs> but we we should say uh, we had much more fun day than that. Oh, absolutely! So, because well, first off, you and I enjoy process. We love process. We love seeing this stuff, and also we had little adventures around. Oh yeah, yeah. So first uh, of all, we had to get COVID tested. We had to get COVID tested, full PCR tests, and so you know we had the you know swabs up our nostrils, and then they took them away and they ran the tests, and it took that's a process that takes a couple hours because I think they actually run in one hour, but they had to test us in series because they can only yeah. run so many tests. So we got to hang out in Cargill's 
trailer mm-hmm. um, oh, while well, we waited, which was still kind of cool. Yeah, you know, it's a movie. It, it's actually a rather well-appointed trailer. It's half a trailer. Uh, he's sharing with one of the other producers, Cheryl. But So he's got like a little office. Uh, the bathroom is very well-appointed for a trailer. Oh, I my. was really impressed by the bathroom. The bathroom is very <laughs> large and very nice. It was like it was like a hotel bathroom. It's like I did not expect this from a trailer. But anyway, you know, we hung out in there and uh, I think Wendy was about ready to murder me because I was, you know, <laughs> playing um I was not. I know. It was delightful. No, except for when I played the shags for you because I was oh, that, yeah. googling um various musical tracks that I had used in a theater show a couple weeks ago, and one of them being The Shags. Anyway, um, <clears throat> look it up on your own. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes because it is the most... Uh, it's music made by people who have no idea what music is. So anyway, uh, we'll just move on from that because that's not what this podcast is about. No. Um, but we were being taken care of by, um, of course, Cargill's assistant, Jemima, who is delightful, smart, talented, on top of everything, just... And effervescent. Absolutely bubbly. And mm-hmm. so um, so uh, as we were waiting for the results, um, she took us on a little buggy tour around the lot. Yeah, I, I got to ride in the back of a, a, a golf cart. <laughs> Um, because you know we're out in the open and so there's it should one of us actually turn up sick like very little actual exposure there um we both obviously tested negative but it was cool to just drive around like number one see how the lot is laid out Mm -hmm. um she sort of drove us around we got to peek at some sets being built which it's always just cool to see something in the process of get Mm -hmm. up close on a set and be able to be like how does this look so real how does this look so real yeah yeah the the, uh seeing the uh some of the like the projection art come to life is really exciting yeah and also you know uh since we're kind of going by all these empty studios where they build, we're building stuff, and she's like, "Oh, House of the Dragons in there." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she worked on House of the Dragons. She worked on House of the Dragon, yeah. And she's like, and she's peeking in. She's like, "Oh yeah, that's definitely the Red Keep." And yeah. I was just like, "Wait, you worked no, on what, House what, of the Dragon? What? 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 Tell, oh, tell us." <laughs> oh, um, and it turns out uh, the uh, the non-binary actor whose name I'm blanking on. Who got TikTok famous with a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it? That they are <laughs> actually absolutely that delightful, and so that was that was just lovely to hear. Um, and uh, so then we were cleared, mm-hmm. which was such a relief. Jemima said, "Oh, what do you want for lunch?" So we got so we got to sample the catering. <laughs> yeah, we got to have a catered lunch, which by the way meant. I got a chicken sandwich, so don't think it was anything that yeah, fancy. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a curry. I had prawn curry, as it as it were, and it, that was actually pretty decent. Well, yeah, decent little curry. Um, and then it was like, would you like to go on set? Yes, yes, I would. of course. Um, so mostly we we were ensconced off to the side on a folding chair. We got handed the cans. Yeah, you know the the. My, the the, the, the head, headsets, the you know, headset. the full coverage headsets. So that and, you can hear the dialogue that is being recorded. And, and and so we were in front of, we were sitting in front of a, like a live feed of what the cameras were taking. And so we could see the, the, the actors were on the other side of the wall from us, you know, just a couple meters away, really. But we were, what we could see from our vantage place, place in the uh, guest chairs, was just this big TV 
with uh, the live feed. And so we're listening to the audio on our headsets and we're watching the feed and we're sitting next to Francesca, the hair and makeup lady. Yes. And, and she's like scrutinizing like every detail of Miles Teller's makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and like <laughs> running up at one point, I saw both her and her assistant running up and getting really close to the screen and looking at stuff like, I don't know if that looks right. Uh. <laughs> um, it was just, and, um, you know, listening to take after take and mm-hmm. the differences, which was cool. Um, and, uh, and then like we got to say hello to the director, Scott. And, mm-hmm. um, and of course Maggie Levin was there yeah. and say hello to them. We got to walk onto the set. We got to watch them change the lights for a new setup. Um, and, you wouldn't think it'd be that interesting, but it was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it was. I mean, right down to the, um, they're, they're, they have a constructed set, but uh, the walls of the studio are covered in blue screen. In the yeah yeah like, plus plus so that little... any shot with a ba- where that where the background might show is going to be that blue screen yeah thing. But there's like every few feet there are little orange markers like X's and T's and all that stuff. Uh, on the blue screen, which is used for tracking. So no matter how the camera moves, the digital backgrounds can be laid in and match the movement of the camera. And what was doubly cool about this was that the visual effects team was working live to do like a temporary feed of what the background would look like live. Mm-hmm. So uh, it wasn't, you know, super rendered or anything. It did look like, you know, just like uh, like rough the, outline, rough outline. But it was live with the actors doing their performances, so you can kind of yeah, see and what, I, what it would look like. <laughs> and I quipped, "Ah, uh, when I grew up, we had a rotary phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> what in the wide world of sports technology has gotten so cool?" Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, listeners, we are trying to share the experience without talking about anything too specific. Right, right. I, I um, mean... We, oh, because we did have to sign an NDA. We did sign an NDA. But, you know, uh, it is common knowledge that yeah. the two leads in this movie are Anya Taylor-Joy and Miles Teller. They were both on set. They were both on set. Yep. Uh, Anya did... Anya. 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 You're right. It's Anya. Anya did... Um, very specifically drop over and just give us a quick hello and shake our hand, which mm-hmm. was delightful. And then immediately turn to a small dog that was on set and be like, excuse me, like, hello, it's nice to meet you, but excuse me, there's a dog. <laughs> and she, she was really, really sweet. She was just charming. Yeah. Very charming. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the dog was stoned out of its gourd. Yeah. Cause he'd had poor, eight, eight little teeth pulled. Poor yeah. Little poor, poor puppy is missing eight teeth and stoned. Don't. <laughs> so stoned. Um, so yeah, we we sat yeah. we sat there for a while, and then you know the driver brought us back. Yes, <laughs> Michael the driver. Michael the driver was very kind to us, and uh, now now this is where the adventures start because uh, oh our, yeah our escape, and, and this is something we should also talk about is what we saw that night. Oh, we should. Yeah. So. Um, through the, the day that we're on set happened to be a day where all of the London underground workers went on strike. 
It was a general tube strike for the 24 hours. And we specifically picked that day to go out to the set because, well, we would be driving. We had a driver. We would go with Cargill and be driven back, and we wouldn't need to rely on the tube. What could possibly go wrong? Well, what could go wrong is ambition. (laughs) Uh, Because we're sitting on set and we're like, well, Cargill's going to be late tonight. Um... Let's see if Jess wants to go see a movie on the West End. Or a show on the West End. Pardon me, a show on the West End. And we're like, what about Moulin Rouge, the musical? What about, okay, yes, Jess's on board. Okay, cool. All right. And so then Melissa is trying on three different websites, various times. Trying to get tickets for Moulin Rouge that night. And for whatever reason, my credit card wasn't going through. And I couldn't get PayPal to work either. So I don't know. So Wendy tries, she gets tickets for the three of us. Hooray! And so we then, uh, you know, Cargill was staying late. So Cargill said, you know, Michael can take you back into London and then come back for me and then I can go home. Great. That's a, that's a plan. So we're driving and uh, we figure out Michael can drop us off in the West End. Just and take then, us directly there and Jess can meet us there, right? You what, know, take an Uber or, you know, whatever. Take an Uber or a bus. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Well, the tube strike went, was what went wrong. Rather, capitalism. I blame capitalism because... If we are not blaming the tube workers. We are not blaming we are the not tube the workers. Show. We no, are no, no. pro-labor. We are pro-labor. We are the proletariat. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yes, the, London runs on public transit. It does. And so when the tube goes down, shit goes down. All the buses are full. Mm-hmm. And so they're slower. All the people who don't want to ride the bus and can't ride the tube are like, wait, yes, I'll take my car. And then there's cabs and there's mayhem. And so... As they, we were driving into town, I was watching the roads in London... Just turn red. Get the spread of red like a virus over the map and... Now, now, dear listeners, oh. we had like two hours of leeway to get there. It, we we barely it. made it. We we, we we were on the road at 5.30. The show was at 7.30. We got to the theater at 7.10, 7.15. Yeah, 7.15 or so. Yeah. And Jessica never made it. Jessica could not find any way to get there. Nope. So, sadly, Jess was not able to join us. But... Wendy and I did get to see Moulin Rouge, the musical Moulin- on stage. Yes. So so live stage performance of Moulin Rouge, which was fascinating. It was so, <laughs> it was very more is more. Yeah. So you get into the theater and it's this beautiful London theater um, and everything is red. Everything's covered in red. And then there's chandeliers hanging from the ceiling. There's like sweat. Red draperies. Red drapery. There are... Um, there there's are, a blue elephant next to my seat. There <laughs> are um, uh, courtesans of every description just lounging about the stage and strutting about while you take your seat. The, the first couple rows are actually kind of built into the stage. As so, like, the people in the very front rows are actually kind of, st- like, the performers are going all around them on a stage. Um, and wild. Uh, kind of ending up on them. At yes. Because like, yes. there was the one time, the one dancer with the hair, like, the way they were leaning over, they were very clearly like, look, my hair is touching you. Because <laughs> you were right there in this seat. I actually was 
I while I was watching, I'm like, I don't think I'd enjoy that because the dancers go behind you sometime and I can't keep my head up. Like, nobody's got 360 vision. This would be very distressing. I want to see all the choreography. And lo, we did. Because we had beautiful second row balcony seats. Yes. Which, by the way, listeners, day of, day of, nay, hours before the performance, I was able to go onto a website and get tickets for only essentially $60 each. Yeah. Fuck scalping. Yeah. Beautiful. Like. Brings a tear to my eye. It's so beautiful. Um, so. So, yeah. So, we, the, the show is, the adapt, stage adaptation of Moulin Rouge is fascinating because, um, 20 years have passed since mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge, the movie, hit theaters, which means there is an opportunity to update all the songs, and especially since rights, I'm sure, got funky. But they went through the show, and the songs that you might know from the movie have been either incorporated in different ways or have been swapped out for other uh, other com- music. So, like, there's... Lady Gaga represented Beyonce. Beyonce. Uh, uh, gosh, yeah. Every, it, everything, everything, everything. Uh, <laughs> Katy Perry. Yeah, um, and in fact, what's great about it is they really lean into it even more, of just grabbing snippets just for a moment to sing. Like, oh, if we're just going to be referencing pop music throughout as. For as a way of having dialogue or commenting or whatever, then let's let's go to town. Mm-hmm. And there were some brilliant mashups that I never would have put together. Um, I can't remember what they are now, but because um, there's so many, it is just nonstop. Much poker, like Poker Face is one of the mashups at the yes. end that opens Act Two. Yes, um, which was great. <laughs> that was a great opening. Um, we had a. Understudy Christian, but he had a great voice. Yeah, clear as a bell. Uh, One of those just perfect, Mm. unwavering tonal voices. Um, Amazing set pieces and costumes, of course. Um, They they really... A change from the movie is that the villain is actually villainous Mm -hmm. instead of just goofy. Yeah. Which I really appreciated that change. I like, I mean, I enjoyed what they did in the movie. I'm not dissing the movie, but like, mm, a villain should be a villain. Yeah. A villain should be a threat, a real threat. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are some songs that get changed out that I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I kind of missed that. Um, for reasons that I actually am fine with. For example, there is no Hindi sad diamonds. They, yeah. The the show within a show that they come up with is not... Um, the Bollywood version. Of- the Bollywood version of whatever was going on, which, if you think about it, never really made sense in terms mm-hmm. of the movie anyway. So, But it was awesome. But it was so cool. Which is 90% of Moulin Rouge, but wouldn't that be awesome? Um, so, yeah, it was, it was just pure gorgeous entertainment and mm-hmm. it was lush and overwhelming the dancing was athletic very yeah the choreography was incredible there's one moment where of course they wheel out the eiffel tower and they're climbing onto it to pose and then let's p- hoist two of the dancers up in the air to do acrobatic stuff <laughs> and spinny stuff just sure why not that that was of course during the the love song montage yes sure why not absolutely why not? Just, <laughs> um 
Ziegler is um, very funny. Yes. Yes. Yeah, m- more substantial role. And, yeah, and, and m- warmer. Yeah. Warmer. Yeah. yeah. Just, yep. You kind of fall in love with him a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And Understudy Christian had a very 1995 Tim Roth vibe right down to the center parted hair that flops down to the side, the leather jacket. Yes. <laughs> and the, you know, the nose. And <laughs> uh, I, I Very Tim Roth, man. <laughs> seeing him perform, not that he wasn't great, but it's like, oh, I would have... I would kill to have the ability to go back and see Aaron Tveit in this now. Now right. that I'm seeing this, I would I would have absolutely loved to see Aaron Tveit play Christian. I, oh, oh, I bet he, oh, I've seen footage thanks to TikTok, but mm, mm-hmm. I would have really enjoyed that. Um, I will say that that understudy was just giving everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> During that, that, dear listeners, when an understudy steps in a lot of times, it's, one of the few times that they actually get to play their lead role. Mm-hmm. And so the, the cast around them changes a little bit in the way they interact because it, they're, they're yeah, like, well, yeah. Hey, like, first off that performer is going to give you something different. So mm-hmm. it's going to shift things, but also the rest of the cast is pulling for them. Yes. Because this isn't, Oh no, our lead is out. This is, Oh, this is your opportunity to perform, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, and it also means that the understudy, because they're they don't perform it that often, they don't have to conserve themselves, right? So they tend to go go for it. They, they go big. They swing for the fences, right? They got nothing they need to hold back, and so there's a joy. There's a real joy mm-hmm. to the energy because, um, you know, when you're doing a show night after night, like. You can still be in it, but it you know there it can become a lot easier for it to turn to turn into just by the numbers. But when you're having somebody step in as an understudy, it definitely adds a bit of electricity mm-hmm. to the night uh, for every for on stage, and it makes it definitely translates. So yeah, yeah, there was it was yeah it was so much it was so much fun. It I really was. Time. It was so if you get a chance to see uh, the Moulin Rouge stage show. And that sounds fun to you. Go for uh, absolutely, it. De- definitely go to it. Go to it. Um, <laughs> Wendy and I are absolutely understanding that Moulin Rouge, the movie, and as a project as a whole, is very divisive. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, a love it you hate it, <laughs> love it or hate it. It's okay if you don't love it. If you mm. don't love it, don't go. Like yeah. it's if it's not your bag, totally get it. We might judge you just a little, but I, well, really. I'm gonna be like, but it's so much fun. But okay. <laughs> Um, My husband hates Moulin Rouge so much. Your husband hates musicals. I know. I know. I know. Like, and and then he keeps wanting to say the ba- same basic thing like he's having an epiphany and it's adorable. I think it's just because it's not realistic. Yes, I know. That's exactly yeah, that's what a, that's your problem is. That's the point. Yeah. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Melissa. Yes. Uh, before we go, what is a movie you've watched recently that you enjoy? What is a right or what is something that has recently brought you joy? You know what? The other night we watched. You and I watched the extended cut. I was going to say that. Well, then we can both say it. That thing you do, dear listeners. There is an extended cut of that thing you do available on. Was it Amazon? Like you can purchase it digitally. Yeah. So it's on one of the streamers to purchase. Yeah. I had no idea this was such a thing. Yeah. 
Car- we were at dinner with Cargill. Cargill's like, oh, the extended cut of the... And wait, what? What, what, what? And he's like, yeah, if you like that thing you do, it's another 50 at five zero minutes of just more mm-hmm. of all of the bits. Um, it definitely fleshes out the Tina, the Charlize Theron role more. But m- mostly it's just more. More fun with those characters. Yeah. 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 So, dear listeners, if you're not familiar with That Thing You Do, which is possible. It's, po- it's possible. We're not judging. Uh, that Thing You Do, when did it come out? Like 20 years ago? I, I mean, Maybe even more than that. I feel like it was like 1999 or something like that. Anyway, That Thing You Do, uh, written and directed by Tom Hanks. Yep. And he has a supporting role in the movie. Um, just about a... Uh, 96. 1996. I wasn't too terribly off. Um, but it's a the the rise of a uh, 19, 1960s, 1960s band uh, post Beatles mm-hmm. uh, one hit wonder. It yeah. is literally tracking, and it's very intentional. You know exactly what's happening the entire time. Yeah, this is the the big hit and splash of a one hit wonder band, and their eventual dis- dissolution. Yep. Yeah. But they're they're uh, you know charming characters. And oh yeah, Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Uh, goodness, the the lead the lead guy. His name. Uh, well, What's his nose? And his character. I mean, young, young Charlize Theron, uh, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler, uh, very very Empire Net Records. Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tom Everett Scott is yes. the, the lead that guy. lead. Um, you get Ethan Embry. <laughs> yes, Ethan Embry, <laughs> who is. TB player. That's his 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 name is TB player, which TB stands for the bass because he's the bass player. They, they never, never name him. They, they never name him. They never name him. The music is fucking catchy because it's by um, the dude from Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, rest his soul. Who <laughs> l- had such a gift for writing absolute hooks? Like the the songs are just catchy af Mm -hmm. and it's not just the songs from that this fictional band they get picked up by a record company that has a whole suite of performers and so you see these kind of knockoff versions of other 1960s oh yeah oh yeah oh it's it's charming and it's fun and kind of light and uh yeah there's no but not not without substance there's some yeah there's some it's making it's saying something about the cost of being hey. in the business, yeah. Um, with with a with a lens with a little bit of cynicism, but also kind of a lot of heart of like, yeah, it kind of kind of blows. Yeah, it's it's a very warm movie. It's like this sucks, but you know, life goes on. But you got to tour. Yeah, you, you got this moment in the sun and... You got to have a hit yeah. song. You mm-hmm. got to be on TV. Mm-hmm. And it changed all of your lives. Yeah. Because they were, you know, just young men from Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, and by the end of the movie, they are all in very different places. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and it, a lot of great lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very quotable, very catchy. So, yeah, if yeah. you've never seen it, you should... And if you have seen it, you should seek out the extended cut. Absolutely. 
All right. All right. I think we got it, Wendy. I think we do. All right, listeners. This has been another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I have been Wendy. Thank goodness, because I would be very bad at being someone else. And that has been (laughs) Melissa. And we will talk to you next week. Boop. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Bye is our thing now. <laughs> All I can think of is that girl from Psycho Goreman. Right? Bye. <laughs> right. Did I tell you that I placed the boy, 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 boy? Oh, yeah, you did. The girlfriend from uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.